Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Elimination Chamber from last night. We are on the road to WrestleMania 37. We have a new U.S. champion, and more importantly, we have a new WWE champion. How is this all going to play out on Raw and WrestleMania 37? We'll talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Did you not like the show? Uh, the show was good. It was good. It was. But why would people have a hangover from it? It was like last night's show was like eating Twinkies and drinking Pepsi. It, it tastes good while you're doing it, but you're most likely going to get ill. Hmm. Twinkies and Pepsi. Yeah. I got this weird thing for Oreos and orange juice. Okay. Oreos and uh, Ed, our producer, says White Castle. I mean, there's a lot of it. It tastes good, but that stomach's going to start rumbling before too long. Uh, when I was but call college. it anyway, 877-4893-877-FIGHT-93. If you can fight and call. Um, yeah, in college, me and my fraternity brothers used to go to White Castle really late at night and bring uh, like 50 or 60 White Castles back to the fraternity house. And we'd sit around a table and we would take the top off of the White Castle burger mm-hmm. and then we'd throw the burger on the ceiling and you make it stick to the ceiling, and then you'd have to wait until it eventually the suction from that meat or whatever the hell, that processed dog shit that was in the middle of it, would it would fall off the ceiling, and then you'd have to catch it in your mouth. And if you didn't catch it, you'd have to slam a beer. Wow. All right. So I like that. Yeah. I like that. Keeps you entertained and fills your belly. And it's a good yep. physics lesson, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely, Ed. Sure. Yeah, um, I guess so. To Ant, but, MC, MC squared, yeah. Rats but with to, hats. You finished that? Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to answer your question, Bully, it was an entertaining show last night. But at Memorable the end, show. It was... <laughs> as we struggle to remember what took place during the show last night. Seriously, it was an entertaining show. But Bully... I will say this, and this isn't a knock, because the WWE has 47 days until we get to WrestleMania. Um, I look at last night, and they set the table, and right now what they have in front of me is not very appetizing. But over the next 47 days, they could make that more appealing to me. But when I look at it right now, I got to be honest, as of right now, I'm not very excited for WrestleMania 37. Um, I'm excited that WrestleMania is going to happen and there's going to be fans in attendance. I'm excited uh, just because it's coming up on WrestleMania season. But as far as a, a match, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for Edge and Roman because I know leading in it'll be an exciting story. And I know those guys will do great work. 
Other than that, nothing really has me. And Dave, remember uh, yesterday we were talking, or maybe the day before, and I said, remember when we were kids and you saw that first commercial for WrestleMania and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait. And then the buildup for the shows and the excitement that you felt and it just it just doesn't feel like that to me right now at all as far as the matches are concerned. I'm sure we're going to get Orton versus uh, The Fiend. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've seen maybe, that before. It just doesn't yeah, really... I, I hear you. I, I, I'm trying here. I know. No, yeah. I know. And, uh, and listen, it is, like you just said, I think the biggest thing, Bully, is that we are getting a WrestleMania. You know, hopefully there'll be fans in attendance, though. As of right now, I don't think... Tickets have gone on sale uh, for WrestleMania yet. So on sale, on sale. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the fact that we're getting two nights of WrestleMania, hey, that's going to give us some entertainment for two nights. WrestleMania weekend, obviously a lot different. Bully, you and I have talked about this continuously throughout the years. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter what's on the card. It's WrestleMania. It's the excitement, the celebration of pro wrestling. You go down to to wherever WrestleMania is going to be, and it's like a celebration of wrestling. Obviously not going to be able to do that for the most part this year. It's not going to be the pomp and circumstance surrounding WrestleMania. It is going to be two nights. We'll be in front of our TVs watching. So we do get that during these difficult times that just doesn't seem to kind of dissipate. Though hopefully by next year, it's going to be more normal than what we've had the last couple of WrestleManias. But that doesn't excuse great creativity. And... Let's let's just dive right in, and that's The Miz now, your new WWE champion. Now, a lot of people on social media, when I kind of tweeted out my disgust of Miz being WWE champion, they were saying, oh, you're LaGreca, you're a WWE hater. Oh, LaGreca, you're a Miz hater. Nothing could be more untrue. I've actually, up until this last year... I turned around my opinions about The Miz. I've really liked what The Miz has been able to do. But, Bully, I think you would agree with me. The last year for The Miz has not been kind. This whole story with Miz and Morrison since Morrison's come back in January of 2020 and they've paired these guys back up. I mean, to me, it hasn't been entertaining TV, hasn't been good TV. The Miz has looked weak. And I think the buildup towards The Miz has looked extremely weak. And now The Miz is your new WWE champion. Well, I will say this. I've always said that I'm a bigger fan of The Miz when he's on his own. Uh, I think The Miz and Morrison connection tag team uh, duo gets a bit corny at times. I don't have that big of a problem with The Miz being the new champion, because I think it throws a monkey wrench and a swerve into everybody's plans, expectations. So we're going to have to see what happens next. We're going to see how they set the table tonight on Raw, how they move forward. We still got Fastlane before WrestleMania. Um, And with the way Bobby Lashley uh, destroyed Drew McIntyre last night, It's going to be interesting to see where Lashley's placement is uh, come WrestleMania season. So I think think we sit back and wait. Hey, remember what happened when I told you to sit back and wait with Retribution? Look at all the greatness that came out of that. And and you know what, Bully? 
this is where I eat a little crow, and you are 100% right. You know, I called uh, retribution jobbers, and you destroyed me that next day. And he said, Dave, you got to be more patient. Give it time. And you couldn't be more right because retribution, man, during that pre-show of Elimination Chamber, man, you couldn't find a more intelligent faction than Retribution. Which match were they on the pre-show? They they were the uh, the main event on the pre-show. Exactly. Retribution is main eventing shows. <laughs> well, I you told you to be patient. <laughs> when you look at it that way, I mean, my God. Like, seriously. I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Retribution because... They're not I worth should, spending time on. <laughs> we should we dedicate the whole show to retribution. It was that was that was a rough go I for mean, that faction. Look at the finish of that match. Doesn't that just go to show you how smart these guys are? The uh, the final look before they cut away with all the retribution members in the ring holding their heads and yeah. shaking their heads was like a lasting impression of what the last six months have been for that faction. But look, they look like like four or five of you of you just holding your head <laughs> screaming. Like Gar- Garza should get on that real quick. Like that image with just the Greca heads on every single one of them. Wow, that's you're a slap uh, dick. You're uh, tea bag. Tea bag. <laughs> Mace. <laughs> we haven't thought of a good name for Mace. Like you know, we got tea bag and we got slap dick, but Mace is just Mace. Not much. Jag well, off. Not much. <laughs> You got tea bag, Jaggy. You, you got slap dick, and you got jack off. All right. So, well, that was a, yeah, good, good for them. But Miz is your new WWE champion. So let me ask you this: Is Miz going to be your WWE champion come WrestleMania 37? I have no idea. I have no idea. The thought now of Drew versus Bobby, just from what I saw last night intrigues me just a little bit more than what we saw what we were thinking last week Mm -hmm. we know that we can agree that this is the version of bobby lashley we've been hoping to see i have no problem with the way bobby lashley quote unquote lost his match last night because bobby lashley did not lose yeah he he was he he (laughs) bobby lashley did not lose matt riddle won Bobby Lashley didn't take the pin. He didn't get counted out. He didn't, you know, tap out, whatever. So Riddle's your new U.S. champion. And Lashley, I mean, it's the last thing you saw last night. Yeah. So a really strong Bobby Lashley. And Bobby versus Drew, another one of those matches that, like like a Sheamus versus Drew, I like that idea. Bobby versus Drew just as much. And again, these are things that the WWE can do over the next 47 days that can make what we saw last night, I guess, have a little bit more meaning as we get closer to WrestleMania 37. A lot of people tweeting at last night, though, a good show is kind of forgettable. A lot of matches were meaningless. But when you look at it at the end of the day, you have a, a new United States champion and you have a new WWE champion. You know, two major titles that are going to have a lot of ramifications for WrestleMania 37. So when you say it was meaningless and forgettable, hey, you have a new two new t- Two champions coming out of that show last night. 
just just your opinion. If if the Miz were to be the champion going into WrestleMania, would you like to see? I mean, it's not going to be Miz versus Drew or Miz versus Lashley. No, no. I can't see that happen. But would you rather see Drew versus Bobby straight up or Miz Drew Bobby in a three way? Well, I mean, this is and now and you know we got to get to a break, but but this is something that we have to get into bully because based on what we saw last night Lashley and Drew McIntyre you would think are going to have a matchup at WrestleMania but when you look at Miz and what the Miz was able to do backstage with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest is that more of what we're going to see come WrestleMania 37? Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Who is The Miz going to go against at WrestleMania? Is it going to be? It would have to be Drew. Who's it going to be, Bobby? What are you going to have, Bobby versus The Miz at WrestleMania and Drew all of a sudden finds himself out of the match, out of the equation? No, that's impossible. But there what, is what, one there is one pay per view, so you could have the McIntyre Miz rematch at Fastlane, and if Miz remains your champion, that means there's going to be another contender at WrestleMania 37. Okay, based on your based on that, that leaves McIntyre out of the equation for WrestleMania. Do you really think that's going to happen? If McIntyre is out of the equation, what's the story been with the Miz over the last three weeks? So what are you going to do? Miz versus Bobby Lashley and then Drew versus uh, Drew versus Sheamus? Bully, what's been the story with the Miz over the last few weeks? I don't know. Bad Bunny. That's a, Tom, that's a Bad Tommy Bunny. Bad Bunny. There it is, Dave. That's why you hold the golden pencil and your booking rules. Bad Bunny versus The Miz, main event, night one, WrestleMania. There it is. Is I love it. Is it possible? Knowing the WWE and the history of WrestleMania. No, it's not possible, Dave. Stop talking. I'm not letting you get away with that one. Bad Bunny versus The Miz, Dave, in the main event. I think there would be a collapse of the system. I think Twitter would implode. Explode, implode, plode, whatever. All those plode words. <laughs> That's, that, that is a WWE wet dream right there. Bad Bunny and The Miz at the main event of WrestleMania 37. For any other championship, I'd say yes. Not the, not the WWE championship. Well, then why did you put the WWE championship on The Miz? Probably, uh, what if we were to get like the Miz versus what if at Fastlane it was Miz, Miz versus Lashley, and then Lashley went over, and then going into Mania, Drew's chasing Lashley, and we get Drew versus Lashley for the championship, and then Drew gets his moment in front of 25 or 30,000 people, hopefully, that are there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible. 
Um, again, the, then this this Miz thing is just a distraction. It's just a throw. Correct. That's I said. It, it's just a swerve. It's just a monkey wrench. You need some kind of a monkey wrench because you've decided to put a pay per view like Fastlane in between the Chamber and WrestleMania. Lord knows, I like things a lot better when it was just the Rumble and then Mania. Yeah. Uh, but now there's you know these two pay per views, so you got to do something. You got to have some kind of a main event. Maybe they're going to have a three way. Who knows? I, I just know that I, I don't... Remember, I've been talking about these big WrestleMania marquee matchups? Yes. Which is a bigger marquee matchup? The Miz versus Drew, the Miz versus Bobby, or Bobby versus Drew? Bobby versus Drew. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's what you got to get to. Now, I'll throw another name out, because when we saw the interact, you know, Bad Bunny slapped Miz in the face, and then Damian Priest stepped in. Does Damian Priest find his way into this picture at all? Because, Bully, these are conversations we have to have just based on what we saw last night. The Miz's interactions last night until he cashed in that Money in the Bank briefcase was with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Uh, I don't think uh, Damian Priest belongs anywhere near the World Heavyweight Championship right now. I think he's starting to get a little bit of his legs underneath him on Raw. We've only seen one match from him, right? Yeah. So, no. Let's let's keep Priest and Bad Bunny attached because Priest is getting the rub from being with Bad Bunny. Let's get some more matches under his belt. I don't think we're going to see that. The match that intrigues me the most is Drew versus Bobby. And with this side of Bobby Lashley that we've been seeing lately, um, there's no reason why he should not be in a main event type of match at WrestleMania. He looks the part. He can work the part. The guy looks amazing. Everything about Bobby Lashley, and this is going all the way back to his run in TNA, Dave. You yeah. really liked him at the end of his TNA run, right? Uh, hey, hey, great in the ring and very good on the microphone as well. And I think if Bobby is given the opportunity to really... See, what they have to do with a guy like Bobby Lashley is they got to get a guy like Paul Heyman to work with him on his promos. Paul is one of the only people that's going to really pull pull out that version of Bobby Lashley that we all hope to see with his speaking ability. Physically, we know what we're getting. He's destroying everything. He is the destroyer right now. And him versus Drew, I think, will will do good business. Now, will they leave The Miz in there? Just because one match will be a three-way for a championship and the other match will be straight up because it'll be like a different match because Roman's match, Roman and Edge will be straight up and then maybe one match is a three-way? Possibly, but I don't think that's the right way to go. And this is where, again, and and Bully, you mentioned it, you know, there used to be long-range storytelling and, you know, they would always kind of know what they wanted for WrestleMania and then they would build the year getting towards that goal for WrestleMania. This is where now I know that that is not the case anymore. And the reason I bring that up is that we've seen Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley already. We've actually seen Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley in a match on a pay-per-view. The main event at Backlash was Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. And now we're going to see it again. Like, if I didn't see that match already on a pay-per-view just a few months ago, then I would think differently about the potential of a Bobby Lashley-Drew McIntyre matchup at WrestleMania. But because I've already seen it, 
it's not as special as if it would have been if they have not touched at all. And then we're seeing this championship match for the first time. It's the same thing with, like, The Miz. If you knew you were going to have The Miz cash in, and Bully, this has been a weird storyline when you look at this Money in the Bank briefcase. Don't forget, Otis is the one that won that Money in the Bank briefcase, and he lost it because of a bogus trial uh, that they got that he got sued by Miz and Morrison. Uh, stop right there. Now you're being disrespectful to, to Bradshaw. That, that man is a fair and honest judge. This is a good man, a wholesome man. Aye, aye, and aye. never discredit wrestler's court. Wrestler's court is one step above the Supreme Court. So apologize to wrestler's court. No, I'm not. You know why? Because apologize. Why, no, and here's why I won't. Because once you make wrestler's court public and televise it, it loses, it, it, it loses all its credibility. Kind of like Fight Club? Kind of like Fight Club. That's right. All right. You don't talk about it. And so this whole st- So if you knew that The Miz was ultimately going to be your WWE champion, they could have built him up a much better way than they have the last year. Listen to what you dis- just said. If you knew. As if creative really knew what their long-term booking plans were going to be. I'm sorry, man. Things change too much over there. I don't think they know. I think they have an idea or a framework. But whether there's one person in creative or 100 people in creative, they are all at the mercy of Vince changing his mind at any given moment. And that mind changes on many given moments. And thus they have to write and rewrite and redo and this. So I'm not quite sure if they knew that they were going to be in the position that they were going to be in the position they were last night. Uh, uh, yeah. In I, order for your your example to work, like if they knew, that would mean you'd have to have long-term booking. That's the way they used to do it back in the day. Here's our end result in six months. Now let's book backwards. That does not go on anymore. Yeah, and you know what? And you talked earlier on the show about memorable moments and things like that. I got a lot of tweets last night that people were excited about the potential of Lashley and Drew because they haven't seen it before in the WWE. And I'm like, wait a second. Yes, we did. That This is, tells you that a lot of what they put out there isn't memorable. That was a main event match on a pay-per-view. I don't even remember it. Now I'm starting to doubt if it ever happened or not. And I need you to look that up. Because and, and, judging and from Bully ver- and the tweets ver- I'm getting, maybe it didn't happen. And that version of Bobby Lashley is not the same guy we've gotten the past couple weeks. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. But he, but again, he just lost. I know you said he didn't get pinned. But he just lost the United States Championship last night. Now you're going to throw him in a, in a main event again for the WWE Championship? You know, at a WrestleMania when he just lost the United States Championship last night? Why not? Oh, God, this is going to be a long show. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. 
I don't think there's going to be any kind of follow-up to that Elimination Chamber match at all. I think now we're on the road to WrestleMania with Edge and Roman Reigns. And unfortunately, that Daniel Bryan victory, though a damn good one, I think on this road isn't going to really mean much at all. And it would have and it would have been a nice little stop on the way to WrestleMania to have Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at Fastlane and yes. have Roman beat Daniel Bryan. Not quite sure why they didn't go about it that way. Not quite sure what they're going to have for Fastlane. Um, I mean, Daniel Bryan, obviously, uh, you know, won over fans many, many years ago, you know, leading into WrestleMania 30. And I think I know who you would have liked to have seen win last night. And I think a lot of fans would have liked to have seen last night. And I think if fans were in attendance at these shows, the same little ground swell would have happened for this guy. That happened for Daniel Bryan back in the day. So who was your odds-on favorite to win? It, Who did you want to see win? It was Cesaro. And and I think most people would agree with me on that. And I, I love what you just said about groundswell and about if there were full arenas. If that Elimination Chamber match took place in front of 15,000 fans at some point during that match, Bully, and you know it, like that crowd would have been chanting for Cesaro. Like, I really do think that we would have been something, and again, going back to what you just said, something that would have been similar to Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan was somebody that clearly had the support of the WWE universe, but they did not pull the trigger on Daniel Bryan. They wanted to go with Batista. They didn't have Daniel Bryan even a part of the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania that year. The fans wanted Daniel Bryan, but the WWE did not want Daniel Bryan. It seems like we have that situation again with Cesaro. I mean, Cesaro has been with the WWE bully for a very, very long time and has never really gotten that opportunity. The fans recognize that. The fans are behind Cesaro. And I really think if you wanted a little magic at WrestleMania this year, a la WrestleMania 30, if Cesaro was going up against a Roman Reigns, let's just use as an example, I think that would be a main event match that would captivate the entire WWE universe. One of the chants that fans like to use in wrestling is you deserve it. Yep. You deserve it. Sometimes I think it's prostituted. And when it comes to pro wrestling, the only time you deserve anything is when you can put asses in seats. But the other times in pro wrestling are kind of like that whole Arn Anderson phenomenon that we talk about. Mm-hmm. When somebody is so good for so long and never really gets a taste of anything, if anybody deserves something in the WWE, it's Cesaro. Cesaro is one of the best workers on the planet, period. What word did I just use? Best best worker, best wrestler on the planet. I didn't use the word wrestler. He's one of the best workers, workers on the planet. Saying he's one of the best wrestlers, that's easy. That's a given. Saying that he's one of the best workers, to me, is much more of a big deal and a bigger compliment. You go back and you watch those matches with Cesaro and John Cena that went about 20, 25 minutes on TV. 
This guy's got muscular endurance like nobody else. And everything he does matters. Nothing is thrown away with Cesaro. And why hasn't Cesaro been given a taste? Does he not resonate with people? I don't know. Is he not that great on the microphone? Every time I see him do what he does, he comes across just fine. Little stoic, little stone cold at times. Not like stone cold Steve Austin, but stone cold in his delivery. Well, I mean, don't forget, this is Daniel Bryan who captivated the entire WWE at WrestleMania 30. Everybody said he was vanilla. Like, you always heard those things. Like, ah, Vince McMahon thinks he's a little too vanilla and stuff. They didn't want to go with it. Because he's just a great wrestler. And Cesaro is a great worker and a great wrestler. And you're damn right, Dave. If there were people in attendance, that Daniel Bryan phenomenon would be happening with Cesaro. No doubt in my mind. And Cesaro now has been with the WWE, believe it or not, Bully, for a decade. Um, he was the United States champion once. He was, uh, you know, tag team champion. But he's never gotten an opportunity like he's to, to be a world champion. And I think that story alone, it worked for Kofi. It worked for Daniel Bryan. It would certainly work for Cesaro. You know what Cesaro's problem is? What's that? He's a good hand. The kiss of death in wrestling. He's a good hand. Can have a good match with anybody. We can do anything with him. We need good hands. But he, you know, to me, he's much more than that. Has always been much more than that. And outside of the ring, forget about it. A complete gentleman. A pleasure. One of my most. I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah, go one ahead. Of my most, one of my, the, uh, I always traveled with the same people. Always. I never deviated from my travel partners just because you always want to be in there with people that you genuinely get along with. What, me and Cesaro, both big soccer fans, along with Seamus. One day, me and Cesaro drove and listened on AM radio to an ESPN broadcast as while we were driving through West Virginia, we were listening to Italy versus Germany, I believe in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Euro cup. And we had a blast. And that's my most, one of my most memorable road trips. We stopped for coffee like seven times. because <laughs> the guy's a coffee freak. And we had to get Chipotle. He went to Chipotle, ordered like 10 meals for the whole day. That's my Cesaro story. Love him. I, I love it. I love this story. Now, Bully, this is where you could get into Daniel Bryan territory with Cesaro. And, and, and Ed can look up the exact date, but this was a big topic on Busted Open back in the day. And this is many years ago. But Vince McMahon was a guest on the Stone Cold podcast. And Vince McMahon had this to say about Cesaro. He said, he's not connecting yet. And we hope he will. He doesn't quite have the charisma. He doesn't quite have the verbal skills as well. And maybe because he's Swiss. I don't know. In terms of the European style. But those are the big things that he's lacking. The audience needs to care about you. They need to be able to feel your presence. They need to be able to project that. He's an extraordinary physical talent. Extraordinary. But at the moment, and hopefully he'll get there, he lacks, quote unquote, Well, I mean, that's coming from the boss's mouth. And if you can't convince the boss, 
You're done. He's a good hand. Yeah. He can have a good match with anybody. Got to keep him around for that very reason. Charisma. I do think he has charisma, just not that over-the-top WWE charisma. I think he has a cool, common, collected charisma. That's why I love that 007 gimmick on him. I really liked it. But it's Vince's bat. It's his ball. It's his stadium. It's his everything. So if you're not resonating with the boss, the boss is not... now. Do I think it's up to the W? If, if, if Vince says that Cesaro has a lot of good qualities, but he's just not connecting, resonating charisma, well, then give him a chance to do something with that. Let him beat the shit out of somebody and see if he can get some heat on, you know, heat on somebody, or have somebody beat the shit out of him and see if people want to connect with him. Did Daniel Bryan have any charisma in Vince McMahon's eyes? No. Not a lick, and he was small compared to to Cesaro. And look at what happened with him. This is where I have a little bit of a problem with the WWE sometimes is because there are things that have happened in their history where people have gotten over in spite of, and it has worked. So if you know that it works, why not let it happen again? Not everything has to be what you pick and choose to get over. How about we try that old school way of letting people get over? It just happens. You just let talent go out there, and if people like them, you run with them. But here's the thing where it comes with, and listen, I I think you would agree, Bully, that Daniel Bryan... Winning the that championship at the end of WrestleMania 30, you know, at the, you're winning at that time both the Universal and WWE Championship, you know, having to go through Triple H and Randy Orton and Batista to be able to do that was one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. And then you and then you go to another example of somebody who kind of overcame the odds in the WWE, somebody that was overlooked, Kofi Kingston, you know, beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35 to win the championship. That's another moment that people look at as, you know, a top 10 greatest WrestleMania moment. But look at the follow up to both of those. You know, if you remember, if you remember with Daniel Bryan, he got into a feud with Kane. It just didn't seem to go anywhere. By the by, the by WrestleMania 31, he was in the opening match going for the Intercontinental Championship. You know, Kofi Kingston went from that great moment at WrestleMania 35, which by far to me was the best moment of WrestleMania 35, to to losing to Brock Lesnar in 13 seconds or whatever it was, like. It's even those moments that captivated the WWE universe. The WWE couldn't capitalize on those moments. They were so organic. It was almost like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bully, please. It was almost like the WWE and Vince McMahon was saying, ah, oh, shit. They, this is what the, I right, give the fans what they want. But as soon as that moment's over, we're going back to what we originally planned here. We'll give them that. We'll give them their fucking moment. But once that moment is over, we're changing our plans. That's what it seemed like. And now where there's no live fans in attendance, they don't need to do anything. I, I, I truly believe what you said. You hit the nail right on the head. 
I would think that Cesaro would be in a significant match at WrestleMania 37 if this was in front of a live crowd. If we had a live audience in attendance and there was 15,000 people chanting Cesaro, Cesaro, like if we were getting that, they would be forced into putting Cesaro into a significant moment at WrestleMania 37. And he would have deserved it. You know, I, I had a chance to work for the WWE when if you could get over, they were going to run with you. If you could get over, you, you, you would get a push. I once asked Vince McMahon to his face. We were sitting in JR's office. I said, Vince, let's talk about our push. And he said, there is no such thing as a push. He goes, but there is such thing as opportunity. Okay, well, where's Cesaro's opportunity? Yep. When have you ever given him a chance to show off his charisma? You give him plenty of chances to show off his, um, his wrestling ability. And as far as charisma is concerned, I loved him and Sheamus as a team. When I think of him and Sheamus, I don't just think that Sheamus carried that team. They played off of each other really well. Five-time tag team champions. Does Sheamus have worlds more of charisma than Cesaro? Maybe Sheamus is a little bit more over the top, but not everybody has to be over the top. When I look at Cesaro and that calm, cool, collected killer, he almost reminds me of like, what was that? Who was in that, that star of that movie, The Professional? Okay, I know who you're talking I can't think of his you know name, I mean? but I know who you're talking about. Just a, yeah. just a calm, cool, collected killer. And if you think somebody doesn't have the -the over-the-top charisma, we'll make his charisma. Chris Benoit had no freaking charisma. Zero. But think about that moment when he won the world championship. Of course. But that's that's the thing. Like, bully, like, you look at... Remember that awesome promo that Chris Benoit cut that one time? No. Exactly. (laughs) You remember how many great matches do you remember of Chris Benoit? A, a, a dozen, and 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 you know what? That's fine. I I think the WWE needs to realize what the pro wrestling fan is like in 2021. We respect the you know the wrestler. We respect what they're able to do in the ring. At the end of the day, yes, mic skills are important. Charisma and personality is is very very important. But so is match quality and what you can do in the ring. And when you've had somebody a part of your company for 10 years and has not been able to really have an opportunity or a WrestleMania moment or something that could really be like a memorable moment, I I I think at this point he deserves that. Because at what point do you kind of throw your hands up in the air like, is this ever going to really happen? You talk about the brass ring. Well, I mean, is it? The brass ring is your paycheck. So if Cesaro had to stick around in this mid-card area that he's been in basically his whole career and still continue to make the money that he makes, I'm sure he's going to keep on trucking and moving along. Because he's old school and he knows it's all about that paycheck. And he's a businessman. He's not a super fan. He's a businessman. Think about, think about Sasha on Austin's podcast, on, on uh, the uh, Broken Skull Sessions last night. 
very important what she said, and I and I'm we're gonna bring it up a little bit later on, and I hope young wrestlers listen to it. But Cesaro's smart. If he's never going to get shot at that brass ring, I'll just keep on trucking. I'll go to the gym every day. I'll eat my Chipotle. I'll drink my 19 coffees, and I'll keep doing what I have to do. But that's, Cesaro's not a squeaky wheel. He's never going to get the oil backstage. All right, but, but Bully, and, and maybe, maybe I'm completely off with this analogy. But if, you, if you're in the NFL and you're, on, you're a Pro Bowl player and everybody knows you're a great player, but you never got the opportunity to play for a championship, never got the opportunity to be a part of a, a Super Bowl team, like even though you made your money and you have the respect of your peers and blah, 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 I'm sure you w- would love to have that moment. You would have love to have that moment to be on the field, streamers coming down, being recognized as a champion. As a fan of Cesaro, whether he wants it or not, I want him to have that. I want to be able to experience that for Cesaro. I can understand that. Totally. So for as, a company- as a kid, as a kid, when you're growing up or when you're a young wrestler, it's all about I've got to get to the WWE. I want to work WrestleMania. I want to be a champion. It's never about oh, I want to make that paycheck. But once you get there and you realize how things go, it's all about the paycheck. I get it, but I don't. But I don't know if it. It's all about the paycheck. I mean, I. I mean, I, you want to support yourself and your family, and you want to make money and have money in the bank when your career's over. Absolutely, it, work is work, no matter what. You have a goal in mind. You got to get paid for what you do. You need to get compensated. I'm not saying that, but there is a part where you want to be. You want recognition. You want to be recognized for your hard work. Absolutely. But there comes a time when you realize they're just never going to push me. It's never going to happen. So I'm just going to do what I do. And instead of being ultra happy uh, or super happy, maybe you're just content. And some people are content with being content. I'm not speaking for Cesaro. I don't no, know no, if the I way get he, it. this is the way he feels. But I've seen enough of this. Christian, same thing. A good worker, a good hand. But a Christian people- never. There was never the groundswell for Christian to be like, all right, you know, we, we want Christian to be champion. This Christian's our guy. He, I, I don't know if. I mean, there's been pockets of that, but I don't know if there's been the big outcry like we saw for Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, and what we're now starting to see for Cesaro. That's why it would have been interesting if fans would have been in the arena. I. I- you will never hear me say anything negative about Cesaro because the man has never given me a negative thing to say. Let's forget about backstage. Let's forget about personally, whatever. Great guy, yada, yada. So is my next door neighbor, but my next door neighbor can't have great matches like Cesaro does. In the ring, there's nobody he can't work with. There's no style he cannot wrestle Blah, blah, blah. This is why the man should be the Iron Horse champion of the WWE. Invent a belt that puts a little bit of focus on wrestling since there is a large portion of your audience who still enjoys a great match and have him work every Raw, every NXT, and every SmackDown. 
I, you know what, Bully? You've mentioned that before. I get it. But you know what I want for Cesaro? I want him in a main event matchup at WrestleMania going for a WWE or Universal Championship. But see, like with Vince's comments, it's like, well, he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this. Okay, if he doesn't have that, what are his strengths? Well, his physique, his stamina, and his wrestling. Good. Let's put the spotlight on his stamina and his wrestling ability and let's let him wrestle. But, but, but Bully, it doesn't even have to go that that far or that deep. I mean, for Vince McMahon, when he saw Daniel Bryan, he's like, you got to be shitting me. The guy can't cut a promo. He's, he's vanilla. He's got no personality. He's small. But it doesn't matter. The fans wanted to see it. It was the ultimate underdog. Dave, back in the day, if you I, was, I didn't finish my thought before. Back in the day, if you could get over, they would run with you. Now, they have to choose you to get over. You have to get over because of them. No long, no more of this organic groundswell. It really doesn't work too much anymore. Well, it happened with Kofi, but Kofi had a lot of great stock invested with New Day. It's not like Kofi went from absolute, you know, mid-carter to, you know, all of a sudden that spot in WrestleMania. Kofi had a lot of love in the bank. Cesaro, what does Cesaro really have? The, the love of the, and the admiration of the fans. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It would be zero to hero. Uh, So let's put the fucking title on The Miz, who's been a joke for the last year. The Miz checks every single box for Vince McMahon. Maybe for him, but not for me. That Cesaro doesn't check for Vince McMahon. Well, you know what? One's a flop and one's... You know, I'm somebody not, that could be a possible champion. No, the champion. Miz is not a flop. He's a that's flop a bullshit, right now. The last year, statement. the way they built the Miz the, has never been a flop. The last the Miz year has never been a flop ever. ever. The last year Horrible has been statement. a joke. The last year no. has been a joke. You they treated him. They wrote him like a joke the last then year. Creative Bully. was a flop. Well, obviously, not I'm not talking about the Miz as a wrestler or as a performer. You but just the way said that the Miz they, has been a flop. The way they presented him, yes. You could have the greatest writing staff and the greatest actors in the movie. It doesn't mean you're going to have a good movie. If you're and and say it's the that, same thing here with the Miz last specific, year. So it doesn't sound like you're taking no, a I'm shot tired. at no, the wrestler. I'm, I'm sorry, boy. I, I, I'm tired of using the fucking disclaimer when it comes to the WWE that you have to say the writing staff and creative. I'm, so, I'm tired Miz, of using that ex- disclaimer all the time. It should be known by now. Is The Miz a flop because of anything The Miz has ever done? No, it's because the way he's been presented. He's been, Correct. Oh, right, answer, me, answer this question. In the last 13 months, has The Miz been presented on TV as a joke? The Miz has not been presented on TV in ways that I like. But he's been presented as a joke, and I don't mean that to me, as he's to me a and joke. You, to me and you, maybe it's been a joke. But to others, maybe it's been entertaining. And I know the one person it's been entertaining to, Vince. Correct. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast for Going even though I hate Bully when they throw singles wrestlers together and then put them in a championship match, that drives me crazy. Though I have to say, 
I liked what they were doing with Sasha and Bianca Belair. Because I'm thinking, all right, either this is going to go one or two ways. This is going to start something between Sasha and Bianca. Or we're going to see a title change here. And that did not happen. And I was actually hoping that it would be a title change. Because I'm looking at what's ahead. And that is Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I would much rather see Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Sasha and Bianca than Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Though, coming out of last night, because of the distraction of Reginald, we do have uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler remaining your tag team champions. What do you think of them still being your champions? And Bully, what's your honest assessment of that match from last night? Forget about my honest assessment because it's going to come from the professional's point of view, and you've heard me say it to death. As a fan, what did you think of the work in the match last night? I did not like I it. I forget about it. Let me stop. I don't want to. I'm taking the word work back. You shouldn't be answering a question based on work. What did you think of the, of the match last night? I wasn't a fan of it. I, Why? I just, it, it, it seemed out of sync. It didn't seem like it's. It, <sighs> How do you make Sasha Banks look out of sync? But but Sasha Banks did look out of sync last night. How do you do that? I get when was pers- the last time you saw Sasha Banks out of sync? I don't think I ever saw Sasha Banks out of sync. It may have happened, but I don't remember it. So how does that happen? I would have to think that the person you're in the ring with, it's it, maybe it's not fair, but... If you've never seen Sasha Banks out of sync, then you probably have to blame the person that she was in the ring with. Correct? Correct. Who was she in the ring with? Nia. And I don't... And here's the thing. I don't want... Listen, Nia Jax has been getting killed by the WWE Universe and the fans for a very, very long time. When I say that, I mean years. You know, she's gotten blamed for injuries. You know, I, I'm not going to get into that because, Bully, you've come on and said, you know what, it takes two to tango. So when you bring up some of the injuries that may have occurred when Nia Jax was in the ring, hey, you know, you're not quick and you're the professional. So I kind of follow you. You know, you, you can't just blame Nia Jax. It takes two to tango. But Nia Jax just seems out of sync. And and I'm going to bring out something that happened last night. And I think it was Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair was throwing punches at Nia. And Nia was like, was covering up. And she's selling the punches. But she's got her head down. She's got her arm across her eyes. And, and she's not seeing what Bianca Belair is doing. Bianca Belair at one point stopped throwing punches. But Nia Jax was still selling punches, even though Bianca Belair wasn't throwing punches. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, what? Like, how is this happening? And I think I've gotten to the point where, because I do like Nia Jax and the way she's been presented on TV, like that I'm almost defending her. But I got to be honest with you, right now it's hard to defend her performance sometimes in the ring. Nia and Shayna have zero credibility as a team in my eyes because of what cre- the hand that creative has handed them. I think that Shayna has been severely affected and watered down 
in this team. Yes, as Gabby has said in the past, they are entertaining at times with their banter. I will give them that. But when I see them in the ring, especially what I'm seeing from Nia, not in the past night or past week or past month, in the past months, the woman looks like she does not want to be touched, like she doesn't want to be hit. From a mechanic's point of view, she's doing everything wrong when it comes to working with somebody and taking a punch. She is, her entire body is folded inside. Her head is down. Her shoulders are rolled forward. She's leaning. She doesn't open up for her opponent. She's not giving her opponent anything to hit. It legitimately looks like she's either does not want to be touched or is afraid to be touched. The work is regressing. And from the professional's point of view, it is glaring. I don't know how you make Nia, uh, I don't know how you make Sasha Banks look, I'm not gonna say that Sasha looked bad last night, but I don't know how you don't, you can't make Sasha look as great as Sasha normally looks. And that's what has been happening with Charlotte also. When you have talents like Sasha and Charlotte, and they're so freaking good at what they do, and you have them in there with talents that are nowhere near on their level, it's almost impossible for Sasha and Charlotte to be able to work down that low without making themselves look bad. And that's what's going on. Um, Shayna is not the same Shayna Baszler. That woman should be presented like a killer, and I should be saying I've been saying it forever. If you're not gonna have Ronda Rousey on the roster 24-7, you have the next best thing, Shayna Baszler. Because I think Shayna could have adapted to this on a full-time basis. I, I I don't see how she could. As far as talent, as far as an athlete is concerned, when I look like a look at a Ronda Rousey and a Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler, athletic strong, fast, sharp, all of those qualities that made them great uh, MMA fighters. Yes, Ronda Rousey became the household name. Shayna's not going to become the household name. But I'll be damned if Shayna Baszler can't can't become that, that killer, that stone-cold killer in the ring. She's not even close to that anymore. I'm I'm gonna say this, and boy, and this is tough because we're talking about Nia Jax now. Nia Jax, forget about NXT, bully. Nia Jax has been on the main roster now for five years, and listen, there's been all the talk, and I'm not one to talk about. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not I'm not one to talk about it. You're the professional. You're the person that's been in the ring, but you would agree that Nia Jax has been blamed for injuries that have happened in the ring whether it was mandy rose Zelina vega charlotte um alexa bliss 
Um, the list kind of goes on. Uh, what we saw, what we saw even with like I, I'm, I had a list here. Yes, I know Ember about Moon, all the things. Yes, that Ember, she's been blamed for. Becky Lynch. I also, wa- I also watched her take care of Lana nine times in a row on a table, okay. table bump. Kari Sane's another one that you could throw out there too as well. Uh, okay. I, I I can't I can't speak to that. I, I can't. A lot of people point the finger of blame at Nia though. I I I don't know as a professional if that was I can blame. I can't. Put the blame, the finger blame on Nia because I really don't know. That's communication between the two wrestlers. No, it's and, mechanics. Everything, yeah. as I teach my students, Dave, every move is 50-50. You have a responsibility, 50% of the re- responsibility in giving the move, and your opponent has 50% of the responsibility in taking the move. And when that comes together, hopefully you get 100% of the move being executed properly. And executed properly starts off with the word safely. So anytime anybody has ever gotten hurt with Naya, I would have to go back and watch that moment in time specifically and watch the mechanics of both of the talents doing their job the right way. Now, there are times when you could say, yes, that is definitively one person's fault. Most of the time, it's a takes two to tango scenario. So that's why it would be unfair for me to point the finger of blame on Nia uh, because of those, you know, eight or nine injuries that happened, you know, in the ring. But I will say this, and you just said that Shayna Baszler is worlds away from where she was with NXT or where she should be on the main roster. Because you brought up Ronda Rousey about the credibility factor. Shayna Baszler has that credibility as a legit MMA fighter, though she hasn't been presented that way since she moved to the main roster with the WWE. Bully, I'm going to say here we are two years removed from... The big main event match at WrestleMania 35 with Ronda and Becky and Charlotte. That women's evolution and that women's revolution that really took over the WWE. I think we're worlds apart right now from that, Bully. I mean, I really do. I mean, when you look at the the current landscape of women's wrestling in the WWE, where it was two years ago and where it is right now, that's worlds apart. Worlds apart, bully. There's Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and then everyone else. Did I miss a name? No, but I don't even think that Charlotte is where she should be right now. I don't know. Like it's just because you don't. What did I? I'm sorry, David. I meant to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just think that she you has be- nobody to work up to. They've rubbed each other to the top. They can't get any more out of each other. Who does Charlotte have to work with to make her better? Sasha? No, they're on the same level, so they could just keep going and going. Neither one of them will ever get better because they've tapped each other out. Bailey, same thing. All right, fine. You want to throw Asuka into the mix, although I think Asuka has fallen off more than any of them because of the situations that she's been put in where her skill cannot be... Uh, where, where she can't shine the other way, the, uh, the, the, uh, the way the other woman have eventually you get to a point where you can no longer do anything for your opponent. Your opponent has benefited from you and you have benefited from your opponent as much as you possibly can and nobody's getting the rub anymore. So what do you work up to? How does Charlotte get better? How does Sasha get better? How does Bailey get better? Who are they going to get better with? They're not. 
But bully, they're going to start to regress because they're going to get put in the ring with girls that are not as good as them, and they can't get them up to their level because it's virtually impossible because those other women are not the same talent, the same athletes, whatever. Okay. And, and no, and, and bully, you're 100 percent correct. But you just yeah, said no something. No shit, I am. I know that. I, I know that. And you are. It's, just, it's frustrating for me as a wrestler to see such talented people be put in a situation that they're in because I was put in a situation like that. I know how it was. Fe- I and, know how and, I felt. And I understand. It kind of it, 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 it's 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 actually heartbreaking when you look at what this women's division looked like two years ago and the way that it looks right now. But, you know, like you mentioned about talent. I'm, you, you also talked about the way a star is able to shine. They have not put these women in, in a position to succeed at all. Case in point, what we saw last night with Sasha and Bianca Belair. Let's put them as a team and, and have them go after the tag team championships. Why? Sasha Banks is your – did something happen? Sasha Banks is your SmackDown Women's Champion, correct? Yeah. Then why are they putting in her in a tag team with Bianca Belair? Why are they just throwing them together and having them go after the tag team championships? Because Bianca is most likely going to use her uh, Rumble victory to go against uh, Sasha. Well, then make it happen. The last thing I want is the WWE's way of making it happen. Yeah, well, find a better creative way to make it happen than their old formula of how they do things in the WWE, which is getting nauseating, by the way. Their formula, they need to hire somebody to change the formula. When something's not working. I know somebody. Yeah, well, I I bet. Yeah, whatever. Keep going. But you know what? Change the fucking formula because you've been using the formula so, for so long. It's 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 fill in the blank at this point. It's it's co- it's color by number at this point with the WWE. If I had the pencil right now, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley would be working only with Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, and um, Bailey because I think those two women have what it takes to start working up to those women's level. And if they're going to if they're going to use Sasha, Charlotte and Bailey to help get other women over, you better you you better use your your you better be very selective of who that is. Because when I see a Dana Brooke in the ring with Charlotte and making Charlotte look bad, that's not good. Yeah, and and by the way, like you mentioned Nia with Lana, they did that so many weeks and no payoff. And then it was just paid off in a a random segment in the middle of a Monday Night Raw. So you spent all that time and energy to build a story where there was no payoff. Like like Oscar right now, Bully, Oscar right now is your Raw Women's Champion. I, I understand she was supposed to be in a match with Lacey Evans. By the way, that match was just a throwaway match, too. That was just a means to an end for this story with Sasha. And we're not going to see the payoff of that story either. Like, you, you, like Sasha Banks in a, just a random tag match against Nia and Shayna. You've ruined Shayna. Ruined Shayna Baszler. Like... That you look at this women's division where it was two years ago, it main evented WrestleMania, for God's sakes. Now it's just throwaway matches on shows. Like, what the hell are they thinking? I mean, I love the, the Stephanie McMahon all smiles touting this division like they, they, uh, the reinvented the wheel, where we've seen this in other organizations, by the way. I mean, the knockouts division in TNA was doing it 10 years prior, but I digress. They've reinvented the wheel. But man, 
They've completely destroyed the formula in less than two years. I mean, come on now. I mean, everybody wants, oh, yeah, let me get up and praise the WWE. Oh, my God, you reinvented the wheel. Women's revolution. Well, it's dog shit now. You've ruined it. So, you know what? We'll give you praise two years ago, but I'm going to criticize you now. The Raw Women's Championship means absolutely nothing. The, 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 the Tag Team Championship means absolutely nothing. You've done everything to hurt what you built. My but we got to have Nia Jax. We got to have Nia Jax putting Lana through a table. Got to do that, though. That's more. We got to have Dana Brooke doing cartwheels in the ring. That's more important. There's also, two, there's also two other women there. I think that if they invested time in, that there would be a great return on the investment, but I don't know why they, they have them on the sidelines. And that's Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. What's the number one reason Vince said that Cesaro wasn't getting over? Didn't have no the charisma. it factor. No, didn't have no the it, it factor. factor. Charisma. You're going to tell me that, especially Liv, you don't think Liv has an it factor? I, she definitely does. You don't think Ruby and Liv have a good look, a good charisma, a good vibe? The problem is when you only throw them out there every once in a while, you can't gain any traction. If I'm booking this right now, I am doing more with Liv and Ruby also. Most of the problems here, Dave, is this. Nobody is getting reps anymore. Nobody's getting opportunities to work. So that rust sets in. Now, with some talents, you don't see it. With Nia, you see it every single week, unfortunately. I have no idea what's going on with her in-ring performance. There are things that I see her do really well, like the stuff that she did with Lana and putting her through the table. But when it comes to actually working a match, there are things in there that I see that are so fundamentally wrong. If it was me, I would be rushing to the nearest ring and getting the, the smartest veteran I knew to please help me with certain things. And, and then when you have something that actually hit like, oh, my hole, you know, it's too explicit. They don't even pick up that and run with it. So I, I, I don't understand where they're going. Naomi, they have started and stopped with Naomi so many times. It's hard to get emotionally invested like with somebody like Naomi. They get you excited where everybody's in a, t- in a tizzy about Naomi. They start it up and then they stop it. Start it up and then they stop it. Start it Have up Naomi and then they stop blast it. Lana in the back of the head and put her with the hurt business. Do something. Do something. It's just that they they get into this they get into this formula and this groove. You're right. I I think Nia Jax has gotten more TV time than any other woman on that entire roster. Uh, I don't know what I was right about, but you just said, "Yeah, you're right." Nia got more TV time. When did I bring up Nia and her TV time? Well, you were talking about it before that she's been on TV each and every week. That she and she's been on TV each and every week. I can't say that about the oh. entire women's roster. Correct. Okay. Okay. But if you're on TV every week, you should be getting better because of the reps. At least you're getting one rep a week. And let me uh, side note here. To all of those wrestlers who do take the time out of their schedules 
to get into a ring when they're not at work at the WWE. Good for you. Great job. And I don't know who they are specifically. I just know that Natty does it. I know that I've seen Natty in the ring with um, with uh, Peyton and mm-hmm. Billy and whoever else goes down there and trains with Natty. Lana, Lana for sure. Lana's always trying to get better. So thumbs up to every wrestler out there who during this pandemic cannot get the reps that they need for seeking out a ring and training and doing whatever you have to do to continue to keep your chops up. And listen, I'm not saying that Naya doesn't do that. I'm not saying that Naya is in training when she's not. I don't know. I don't see it. I'm not saying that she's not. But if she's if she is, then then somebody needs to help just a little bit more. The direction that they're going in. I, I bully. Do I really need to see Sasha Banks, one of the smartest? I mean, she's been presented as probably one of the most intelligent wrestlers on that roster. Do I need her to get distracted by freaking Reginald? And that distraction that took on that took forever. You're gonna tell me that Sasha Banks is in a championship match and she's gonna be standing in a ring with a bottle of champagne talking to somebody outside the ring for as long as she was? I'm sorry, I can't I I'm sorry. I can't buy into that. I that, can't that buy same, into that. That same woman who sat down for Austin for sat down with Austin for an hour last night on Broken Skull Sessions. Yeah. It's like we 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 want you to perceive her at a certain level, but yet this is going to happen with Reginald and a bottle of. Sh- I mean, for what? For Carmella? Didn't she already beat Carmella? Didn't we already get past that story? She beat Carmella twice. Listen, so now let's move just on. Put the pedal to the metal with Bianca and Sasha. They are wrestlers. They are competitors. They are good talkers. Let them. Let play to their strengths. Play to their strengths. I just get frustrated. Like you're frustrated because you know the. I'm frustrated app- for the talents yes. that are that are at really great at what they do. You know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you the personal real quick, real okay. quick, and so you know my frustration. Me and Devon were dealt a hand years ago. La Resistance. The only reason La Resistance were put together and pushed to the moon is because this is when the United States were was at war and France didn't want to support us in like. I don't know, Desert Storm or one of those wars that we were in in the early 2000s. Vince put these two French-Canadian guys together, and they had monster heat. They were interrupting the national anthem. I mean, holy shit, what was going on with this team and the heat that they were generating. But they sucked in the ring. And me and Devon's job was to, you know, we were the baby faces. But we had to try to get them better, get them better, get them better. Dave, night after night. And this this is not week one one match a week. This is night after night after night where me and Devon were eventually screwing up our own stuff. We we were we were regressing so bad that we were screwing shit up that we did in our sleep. And finally it came to a head. So I I I I understand what some of these women are going through where as the veteran or as the better athlete, worker, wrestler, your job is to help make somebody good. But sometimes you're just so high up that it's impossible to pull that other person up. They need somebody beneath you as their next level. You're way too up there. Sasha, Charlotte, 
Bailey, they are entirely too high up there to pull up these other women. And if they have to pull up these other women, it better be Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. And you know what? Like, you look at a Liv Morgan. This is where it doesn't make any sense. I know we're on our soapbox here, but I think it's important enough to talk about. They had that documentary on Liv Morgan on the WWE Network. We talked about it for almost an entire show after there. And it's like immediately, and everybody was tweeting about it. Everybody's, all right, that, that's when we, we'll pull the plug. That's this, the most you ever gave a shit about Liv Morgan. And it was here and done and goodbye. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But yeah, it's the same old, same old each and every week on Monday Night Raw. Now, you talked about the personal aspect of it, Bully. As a fan, knowing where this division was two years ago and where it is right now, as a fan, I'm frustrated. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.